Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are here in Australia, the wonderful country that we call home. Mm. Mon, what have we got coming up on today's show? Ooh, we got all kinds of good stuff happening today. Like, we're going to be talking about uh, Jello, or is it Cello? We haven't quite figured it out. <laughs> Jello or Cello? How to stop a war? How to stop a war with one of those two? Which one are you going to stop it with? Mm-hmm. We're discussing uh, racism and uh, debt, and uh, we know all this because this is actually the delayed broadcast. Yes, we actually have a, an interview coming up with a ministry couple mm-hmm. um, who are the, I guess, the, the, the parents in many ways of uh, Faith FM. They're going to tell some of the story of how Faith FM actually came into being, Ooh, which is exciting. super exciting. And we know all this because it's already happened. Oh, yes, that's and right. And if you want to jump over to our live show. Not because which is, we are prophets or yeah. the son or the daughter of a prophet. No, no. <laughs> not in the least. But if you would like to join the live show, it is actually very easy and it's happening right now. All you need to do is jump on our website, which is faithfm.com.au and just press play on the live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app. Wow, you love that app, don't you? I do. I use it all the time. That's how yeah. I listen to Faith FM. It's just so much more easier to listen on TuneIn than it is, on, in, is to listen on the radio because particularly where I live, the, the, the signal comes in and out and gets a bit scratchy and carries on. And it's mm, it is so. very easy to use a TuneIn app and listen to it there. I mean, I drove from uh, Melbourne up to Sydney and listened to the TuneIn app all the way and it was great because I just plugged in my aux cable into the car stereo and then I just had it you know, coming out of the car stereo, which was great. Uh, but you can download that one for free and then just search for Faith FM Australia and then basically you just press play and it comes out clear as a bell. And then you can join our live show, which means you can answer the quiz and win the prize. You can ask the question of the day. You can get the free giveaway at the end of the show. It's much better live. Absolutely. And, of course, you won't be listening to stories that are old. Mm. Hello. What are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful for... The cloud cover that came over last night and kept it a warm night. It feels like Indian summer again. Yeah, it was actually quite snug. I noticed this morning when I was walking to work, there was not that much dew on the grass. It wasn't as nice wet. Nice and dry so and, yeah, and, 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 so warm. and uh, warm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what are you thankful for, Mark? Well, I'm very thankful for, uh, first of all, the beautiful sunrise that I witnessed this morning. But I'm also thankful that, um, you yes, know. You're getting to see those now, that I they're know, a little bit later so in the nice. morning. Yeah, they, they, I really love it. While the rest of us are sitting here in the office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful that all my all my belongings are now in the one place because they were, um, half of it was down still in Melbourne. But I've managed to pick it all up and it's all in the one spot at the one time. I mean, my house does look like a box fortress right now. It's full of boxes that need unpacking, which is so depressing depressing but it's all there now which is anyway stay tuned we've got some great programming coming up even here on the delayed program but let's kick it off this is Alison Krauss and the Cox family and the song is called Jules it's a beautiful song enjoy Jews, his love 
You're listening to Alison Krauss with the Cox family here, and the song is Jewels here on Faith FM. Mon, what have you got for us today? Well, actually, let me hit you oh, with a quiz. Oh, quiz, quiz, yeah, quiz time. Mm, let me, let me have a the quiz. Pause. Okay, this is, I've decided to do a what number am I? I don't know why I feel like that might be easy because I, I feel like, you know, there's only that many numbers, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so what number am I? This is obviously a biblical number. First clue, because Saul put the Gibeonites to death, there was famine in Israel for this number of years. Mm, no, no. Yeah, cool. You've got that blank look on your face. I <laughs> no. love so much. If you yeah, know you've, the been, answer, you've been giving me hard ones lately. If you know the answer. I, know, I can see what's happening here. If you know what number that is, give me a call on my number. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text me 0491-064-669. Or you can uh, just message me on Facebook, Faith FM Australia. I'll give you another clue. The number is somewhere in all those numbers I just gave you. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, and I wasn't even listening. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you dial our oh, phone number or, or text me at some point, you will have pressed. Well, the there is actually is a lot of numbers there. Just thinking about it now, yeah, there, there are is. a lot of numbers there. There is. <laughs> Lyle, let me ask yes. you a question. Okay. Do you think Australia is racist? Com- well, okay, all countries are racist, mm-hmm. but to different degrees. Okay, do you and think... And Australia, in my opinion, is probably the least most racist, definitely the least most racist country I've ever lived in mm-hmm. um, and possibly one of the least most racist racist countries on the world. Okay. How about this, right? Do you, like this, this absolutely astounded me. So this is a story that happened in America. Mm-hmm. So already know we're going somewhere a yeah. lot more racist than our beautiful right. home. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the, the Starbucks controversy in, in Philadelphia that happened recently. So there's two young black men, uh, 23 years old. Um, they were meeting in Starbucks and they were waiting to meet a third person and they were off to do a um, real estate business deal. Mm-hmm. So they're businessmen, young businessmen. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in Starbucks and the manager called the police 
and accused them of trespassing because they had not brought anything from the store, hadn't made any purchases, mm-hmm. and uh, and they got arrested. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a video of them being led away in handcuffs, which then went viral. Uh, they spent eight hours in jail before they were released without any charges filed. Thank goodness. And uh, and this has just exploded and just talked about it. Just you know talks about the, the racist state. Yeah, of but how country. do we know that that was race motivated? Maybe it was just business motivated. I've been to service stations where they refuse to give me the key to the toilet unless I buy something. Yeah, which but I find really disgusting. That it's is just, uh, that is also disgraceful. But they didn't call the police on you and have you arrested, did they? No, but. What's to say that the same thing wouldn't have happened if it had been a couple of young white guys that just were refu- refusing to buy something, were just using it as a place to uh, meet and transact their business? Well, I mean, Starbucks is the place where you transact business. That's where business yeah, is done these that's days. Where you meet up. Um, I've, but I've sat in plenty of Starbucks on my travel and done absolutely nothing apart from use their free Wi-Fi. Sure. So, so, and no one's ever blinked an eyelid at me, and I'm a white woman. So, yeah, um, I don't. <coughs> I'm just I just play the devil's advocate here. Maybe 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 this um maybe this person was just, you know, one of these bitter twisted individuals who has a, a an issue with that kind of stuff and it would have yeah. made any difference whether black, white or indifferent. Well, it with the current climate about racism in America, this it's of been course exploded. Immediately turned into oh, exploded. To the extent where the Starbucks CEO he actually flew personally to Philadelphia to apologize to the men. Um and additionally, the company, that all Starbucks stores are closing on May 29th so they can give um, unconscious racial bias training to their 175,000 employees. But this – and this is the good news out of it. So um, uh, they had to – Starbucks. I, I should say this too. Racism goes more than one way. It's true. Oh, of course, of course. Racism is not just white people being racist against other people. But it goes it multiple is ways. Equally, mm-hmm. back the opposite direction as well. Racism goes every different direction, and I've seen, you know, incredibly racist, um, you know. Uh, uh, of course, in fact, I think some of the African Americans. <clears throat> I think some of the against most, white uh, people horrible racist things actually happen in between. Um, from what I've read and, and researched, in between Asian cultures, like one Asian against another Asian, mm-hmm. like their kind of racism is on a whole other level from what I've ever seen or heard. Racism is just a yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's, worst kind of curse possible. I mean, we are human <coughs> beings. End of story. Yeah, I can't wait. It's one of the main, like one of the, one thing I'm really looking forward to when Jesus gets here is experiencing a world without racism. Mm-hmm. Do you know, when I was a little girl in school, I thought, that right when they taught me about racism in school, I thought it was a thing of the past. I thought that humans, you know, we'd our intelligence had involved, you know, we'd you know invented electricity and we'd figured out how to walk on the moon and we figured out that racism was pointless and stupid and so no one was racist anymore. And when I became an adult and realized that was just some little fantasy I was having as a kid, I was devastated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let me tell you this: actually, the story does. I mean, look end at our well. team right here. Mm-hmm. I'm part Sri Lankan. You're German. Marta is Polish. Um, you know, <laughs> you yeah, we're a mixed bag. <laughs> That's right. This is, this, is, this is Australian. We should celebrate it. It should be, you know, th- this is this is what it's all about. Okay, so so they so these two men, Dante Robinson and Rashan Nelson, um, they did get a settlement, um, uh, cash sum, and this is what they did. This is the good news, right? So instead of taking all the money that was paid to them, you know, um, because they were arrested unjustly, uh, they settled for a dollar each, mm-hmm. and then they asked the city to pledge to create a $200,000 grant to make a program for high school entrepreneurs. Oh, wow. That's how they've used the money. That's impressive. So these are impressive young guys. They are impressive, upstanding citizens. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's going to have an impact. 
See, that's Massive. that's the kind of thing that has so much more of an impact than when people get bent out of shape and they fight things through the courts and everybody goes away feeling hurt and bruised and mm-hmm. miserable mm-hmm. and crushed and, you know, discouraged and, you know, we live in a weight racist country and yep. you know, everybody just gets down instead about it and doesn't solve Instead of perpetuating the hate. Yeah, instead yep. of perpetuating it, they've done something really positive about it. So they're both going to serve on the committee that creates and awards um, grants. Um, the program's curriculum is expected to help educate Philadelphia public school students on the challenges and benefits of being business owners. Isn't that amazing? Isn't what that a great? great story. I know, right? Yeah, I'm so proud that. of them. And I, do you know what? If the CEO of Starbucks is listening, you should give them like free Starbucks for the rest of their life. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Why okay, not? let me tell you one more story. Um, this is another beautiful story. This one made me get a little bit emotional, a little bit teary. Are you, you going to cry on, on air? No, not on air. I had my moment before. I'm done now. <clears throat> okay, so. Is this about the guy fighting war with um, Jello? <laughs> So before before the segment starts, Lyle goes, what are you going to be talking about? And I said, about a guy who fights war with, with his cello. And Lyle was like, you're going to fight war with jello? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's no. what it sounded like. I'm like, yeah, who just, fights a war with jello? How Jell-O? much fun do? would it be if all our defence forces like, put yes, down their guns and bombs? this is what we should do. This is what we should all start. all jelly. Jelly yes. wars. That's, we should change all wars to being jello wars. <laughs> Like in Syria or Korea or whatever, it's just like everybody lines up with big bucketfuls of Jello, hurl it at each other, get it out of your system, and then go back to what you were doing before. And if one land wants to take over another land, their leaders can you imagine Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump have to jelly wrestle it out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a jelly well. pit. <laughs> okay, let's not go too far. Okay, anyway, all right. So listening here. <clears throat> So three car bombs uh, recently shook uh, the foundations of Baghdad and a famed Iraqi maestro, Karim Wafsi, um, he decided, you know what, I'm going to combat terror with beauty. And so he took his cello to the site of the explosion the very next day as showing a uh, means of showing resilience against terrorism and started to play uh, his cello. Oh, wow. And he said this, and this really touched me. He said, the focal point is to beat terror and intimidation through beauty and refinement in civilization. Those who can hate do not recognize beauty. They can't hear beauty. They can't see it. They can't feel it. Maybe because they were never even exposed to it. So there is a responsibility on our shoulders also to share with everyone the solid, concrete, basic foundation of good doing and beauty because it's something that you can build upon. So he's That's, he, that is so profound, isn't it? Just, that is so profound. So after his spontaneous <laughs> performance, um, he actually became quite internationally famous because of it. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to create the Center for Peace, for, sorry, the Center for Creativity and Peace Through Arts, which is an organization that unites youth from different ethnic backgrounds so they can play music together on the streets of Baghdad. And so now they have about six or uh, seven groups around the city playing at almost all times. And he, the conductor said he he wants to create. Data center. So he's, cre- he's he's fighting war with a cello. He's fighting mm-hmm. terrorism. He's fighting racism. racism yep. He's fighting all of it all at once. Yep. So he wants to flood the scene with culture and beauty against imitation and against fear. And apparently the approach seems to be working. Um, and he said one of the positive experiences from it is when fourteen men who were actually in the armies there, they're like you know the weapons men, they actually put down their guns and said, Do you know what, we want to join in. And so they. Brought out their instruments and they're playing along with the with the symphony orchestra there. 
Isn't that fantastic? Isn't what, that a, just, what a great story. Yeah, great and if story. Only we could, and if only we could solve all conflicts um, mm-hmm. through music and through the arts and through beauty, um, our world would be such a better place. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Maybe even Jello. But here's a good song for you. This is Josh Cunningham, Light of the World. There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the words Light of forgiveness, the light of the world. Lost in a valley, I was lost on a raging sea, lost on the mountain until the light shone on me and led me out of the darkness and back to the shore. Top of the mountain to be lost no more. It's the light of redemption, it's the light of a grand plan, it's the light of forgiveness. Yeah, the light is the son of man It's shining in the darkness It's shining in the night The light is the way The truth and the light Yeah, 
shining in the darkness Speaking through the word Light of forgiveness Light of the world Light of the world Light of the world Light of the world That was Josh Cunningham, Light of the World, and uh, what a great, beautiful, beautiful song that we've got it right there. It is a very nice yeah, song. We even had a call, a call in just to say how much that she was enjoying it. So yeah. a special shout out to Sue this morning. Glad you're enjoying the show. Morning, Sue. Uh, hey, let me give you another clue for this quiz. Okay. Okay, so this is a what number what am number? I? What was the first one again? It was the number of years that they had famine for... Saul put the Gibeonites to death and there was a famine in Israel for this number of years because he did that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so clue number two. After being separated from Jesus, it took Mary and Joseph this many days before they found him in the temple courts. Mm. So little little boy child Jesus. Yes, Uh, so if you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. What do you have to tell us today, Lyle? Oh, what am I telling you? Okay, <clears throat> all right. Mon, have you ever been in debt? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in serious crippling debt? When is debt not serious and crippling? <laughs> yeah, this is a really good <laughs> yeah. question. I like that response. <laughs> debt is always serious and crippling. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, so this morning I'm telling you a story of, uh, it was a piece put together by um, Pastor F. Rommel Smalls, mm-hmm. um, who's writing from the United States in the uh, Christian News Service, um, about the problem of student debt. Mm-hmm. Tell me as a guess, how much do you reckon student debt is worth in the United States? So this is an American story. So In the United States, oh, billions, maybe even trillions? Yeah. Are you serious? About one and a half trillion dollars. <gasps> oh, my. It's the second biggest debt that they have in the United States after uh, mortgage debt, and it affects more than 40 million people. Wow. Okay, so you think about this. Picture, picture for a moment mm-hmm. a graduation <laughs> ceremony, uh-huh. um, which is a very festive occasion. You know, the whole family gets together. People wear funny square hats. Don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of people taking photos and videos and everybody's having fun. <clears> and <throat> they're tossing the mortar, the hat, square hats in the air. and They call them mortars, do they? Yeah, they call them mortars. I like the other kind of mortars. No, no, come on. <laughs> the ones that go bang. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Way yeah. more fun. <laughs> or the mortar that you build a house out of, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. bricks and mortar. But anyway, they're throwing all those in the air, all that kind of stuff. And really what the majority of them are celebrating is a lifetime, or in some cases, but in other cases, a very long period of time of debt. Mm-hmm. Debt exactly that is going is. to absolutely cripple them, debt that is going to place them under stress, debt that is going to create depression, debt that is going to tear apart their relationships uh, because, of course, debt is the, uh, is the number one factor in relationship breakups. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a massive indicator of divorce. If, people are argue- if you're arguing with your partner or your spouse about money, it's the single biggest indicator of oncoming divorce. Yeah, I kind of figured, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why Shell and I have done so well is because we've never been in debt. Yeah. We've never had that kind of stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what a blessing it is to uh, have never been in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but so. It's, it's not just debt, it's, it's also just the way a couple like will spend the money. They don't have to go into, into debt to argue about money. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But debt is <coughs> always, debt is going to. 
um, it's stressful. Crank yeah. that stress level significantly. It's mm-hmm. going to crank it a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think we should do about uh, this problem of student debt? Because we have a student debt problem here in Australia, not yeah. as big as the United States, but it is still well, a significant problem. And actually, I have a son who is accruing some student mm-hmm. debt. Well, actually, do you know what? Um, I just went to a week-long uh, finance seminar, mm-hmm. one of the best things I ever did in my life. Um, but I actually discovered that Australia has the highest household debt in the world. Oh, is that so? Yeah, so we're actually worse so off than So our student debt is not that bad, but our house, household debt household is Household debt. Which How on which earth can, did we end up there? Which can include your student debt. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, we have really great income, but we're just, we're just in debt. So, and you know, Australians actually run out of savings 13 years before they die. Um, which you know results in like old people not turning on their heating or they're eating dog food because you know, it's a cheaper source of protein and that kind of thing. Um, you know, forty six percent of Aussies live without a budget. Eighty six of us are unaware of how much money they spend every every month. Um, but debt, I did find out a lot of stuff because it was a biblical, a Bible based um, seminar that I went to. I found it's yes, by Pastor Marcus Mundell. So if you ever hear of one of his seminars. Yeah. Um, then you, yeah, we did we did interview him. But if you if you uh, if you can make it to one of his seminars, absolutely, please do so. Highly recommended. My wife went there as well and really really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So we actually interviewed him last Monday, and we were talking with him about coming on and doing a finance segment on our show. And I'm actually going to ask him to come to Maitland SDA Church in January next year to run the seminar. So stay tuned. We'll be plugging that a bit more. But one of the things that really struck me about what he said about debt was basically just stuff he pulled out from the Bible. And, uh, and also from um, the writings of E.G. White. And I was absolutely gobsmacked because I didn't know. I'd never done a Bible study on the topic of finance. And I had no idea how stringent it is about staying out of debt and getting out of debt and just don't go anywhere near that stuff. You know, which makes sense because, you know, they interviewed the 400 richest people in the world, of which 75% of them said the, the best way to grow wealth is to get debt-free and stay debt-free. That was like their number one tip. Yep. Wow. Was to, to stay away. They even said, um, don't co-sign for loans, which is what the Bible says as well. It does. Don't co-sign for loans. Absolutely. Apparently, like the, the, the bank knows that you're co-signing because the person who wants the loan can't is not, you know, not, not trustworthy and probably can't pay it back. And it turns out that 70% of those who co-sign for loans end up paying it for the person they co-signed for. <sighs> Can you imagine? Amazing. Yeah. So it's just stay away from debt. There was one quote um, from from the writings of E.G. White where she said, "Even if you have to eat bread and porridge, do whatever you can to get out of debt." Yeah, and in bread another and place porridge. where she said, "Avoid debt like typhoid." Yeah, typhoid being um, a disease. So you would uh, you would avoid that, I think, uh, rather stringently. Okay, so the student debt in the United States um, is often double the mortgage that a person will be mm-hmm. um, up against. So there's mm-hmm. a massive amount of debt. And so this particular individual, um, Ephraim Smalls, is trying to come up with ideas as to how to get rid of that debt. And he's proposing, you know, obviously that uh, that universities should make grants, that churches should get together and make funds uh, whereby they can um, help cancel out debt and that we should have a debt jubilee every 50 years where all student debt is cancelled oh. and that the government should, uh, you know, be forking out lots of money to sponsor that. What do you think of that idea? I think that's a wonderful idea and I, and I really hope that, <laughs> that it goes into effect soon. I don't know if you know I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Really? Yes. Uh, because you think people need to pay back what they owe? I think people need to take responsibility. Yeah. And also I think that um, people need to 
to people today feel too entitled. And I was thinking about this. That's why do true. we why do we have so much debt? Yeah. And why do we have so much student debt? And I think one of the reasons is that we've gro- we have a generation of young people that feel entitled mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. And because they feel entitled to everything, then they get everything and they get it all by going into debt. Mm-hmm. True. And so people, young people feel entitled to an education. That's my right. They see it as their right to have a university degree. And they don't realize the university degrees are actually a luxury item. It is a luxury item. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was a young person, my parents couldn't afford to put me to through university, mm-hmm. so I went and got an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And I worked as a cabinet maker for five years and saved up money, and then I went to college and studied for a couple of years. And when I ran out of money when I was at college, I left. Mm-hmm. And I ended up never getting a degree. But a degree is not a guarantee of success. I've lived a very successful life and, you know, done had amazing opportunities and privileges but a degree is not a guarantee of success. Absolutely. Do you know what scares me? I know. I know. Um, it's been talked about in the last, you know, five or so years, and it, which means it's on, always going to be on the cards to some extent. But the Australian um, hex debt, the student loan debt. Um, I know the government was actually thinking about selling the debt so it would be privatised. And if that happens, Australian students are in a lot of trouble because oh yeah, at the moment the you know, the government doesn't really charge you any interest. We'll be going down the American path. Yeah. If it if it goes privatised, like. Mm-hmm. Shackles are on our ankles for sure. Absolutely. The other thing with um, you know the the the, uh, the college that I attended um, when, when I was studying, mm-hmm. I could have actually finished my degree there because, but you know, God had other plans in mind mm-hmm. because they were against student debt mm-hmm. and they did not provide for their students to have student debt. But anyone could go there regardless of whether they had a cent to their name or not. Okay. And so they had two different systems. They had a system where they would employ you mm-hmm. and you would become an employee of the college until you had your education mm-hmm. um, and students who worked very, very hard could actually get a four-year degree in five years by doing so. Okay. And so rather than loaning money or rather than giving money, um, they were, their policy was you can earn your education mm-hmm. and they were taking students from third world countries and they were gaining an education. They were arriving with not a cent in their pocket. They were leaving some years later with a degree debt-free. Oh, amazing. Fully educated and debt-free and I think that is a far superior than just handing over randomly handing over money to people who are like, oh, this is my right to have this money and uh, and then they sit on their backside and don't do anything with their education. Do you have an opinion about this? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Let's talk about debt, student debt. Do you have any? What have you done to get rid of it?
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are right across Australia. And right here in the studio with me, I have a, a, a veteran ministry couple. And, uh, and, and Chester, I think you're possibly one of the, could we call you the father of Faith FM, one of the, one of the founders in the early days of, uh, of, of, of Faith FM. So I've got uh, Chester and Robin Stanley with us today. Hey, Lyle. Yes. Good to be here. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. Before we get started, really quickly, um, tell us a little bit, Chester, about uh, the early days of Faith FM. How did how did this all come about? Why why do we get this opportunity to speak to so many people about Jesus now? Uh, just a few years ago, we had the opportunity. A young pastor down in Victoria had established a group of radio stations, put, pulled them together, and I think, if I remember correctly, he gave the name Faith FM. Mm-hmm. Um, they. It was a very visionary concept that he had. Uh, they needed plenty of money. They didn't have quite enough money <laughs> uh, to do what they wanted to do. And anyway, uh, this man, this gentleman spoke to me and in my position as administrator, he, he said, would you be interested in taking it over? I personally felt, Lyle, that there was tremendous opportunities for us with low-powered FM radio stations. Mm. I was aware of the power of these stations because of the network that had already been established. And um, then I had to go through a process uh, administratively of of getting the, our executive committee, which is the governing body, on side in relation to spending a significant amount of money. And so we did that carefully and uh, hopefully wisely. And then I had to persuade our CFO. That's oh, always that, that's always the challenging part from oh, my experience. A, abs, absolutely, <laughs> you know, they many of them are belt and braces men. You know, so <laughs> they um, they guard the coffers pretty carefully. But anyway, our our CFO was a very visionary person, and he came to me one day and he said, "Chester, I think we can do it." Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt Lyle that uh, there was huge potential. Lots of opportunities in terms of uh, other stations, other net- networks, and um, but that's briefly how it was established. And uh, the committee said yes, and here we are. I forgot the number of stations you have now in the network, but and uh, expanding all the time. So about yes. 150 different uh, transmitters at the moment, and we're looking at uh, purchasing another 14. You know, Wonderful. to add that's to the, add to the network and Marvelous. to um, you know, God willing, include those. Uh, Grow that to include some commercial stations as well. Yeah, so, wonderful. Yeah, with um, with even high power, higher powered transmitters. That's our, that's our dream and our aim. Yes, excellent. Yes, I don't think radio will ever be dispensed with. You know, I yes. people in their cars they turn their radio on. You know, you don't have is, to sit in front of a box. That's right. And this is one of the things that you find uh, with, with with radio is that you know when it comes to motion and uh, you know you go from from film to video to DVD to Netflix or to YouTube yes. or and who knows what is round the corner. Yes. True. Whereas with radio, it's been here for you know Absolutely. more than a hundred years and it is simply not going anywhere. It's it is still here. It is it is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Great. And people always be listening to radio in their cars, as many yes. of you are listening right now in your car. Yes. Uh, or your workshop or wherever else it might be. Yes. And uh, so, you know, so, and some people, they, 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 I remember a pastor asked me one time, you know, 
what is it that makes you excited about being on radio? And I'm like, hey, I get to speak to more people every day about Jesus than anyone else in Australia Absolutely. that I know of. You know, that's, that's got to be an exciting thing. A privilege, actually. It is. It A real is. privilege. Yeah. And I've just, I've just personally spoken to numbers of people, Lyle, who um, had their minds open to the truthfulness of Scripture, you know, and eventually came to the place where they became Christian in their commitment. And uh, that's very powerful. Mm, People have got mm. brand new lives absolutely. because of Faith FM. Yeah, brand absolutely. Brand new lives. Yeah. I, I met a young lady last week. Yes, and she was in some classes that I was teaching. And after a couple of days of teaching classes, she's like, I know you from somewhere. And, and she was trying to figure out where. And then I mentioned that uh, I host, host a breakfast show on, yes. on Faith FM. And she's like, oh, she says, that's where it's from. She says, I know your voice. Okay. And, uh, you know, she was a, a brand new Christian and radio had played a significant role in her giving her life sure. to God. Wonderful, and you know that's just that's just fantastic. And so, in many ways, I have a lot to thank you for, Chester, and your team and your executive team. Pleasure in uh, in in and and your CFO, yes, Chief Financial Officer, for being having the vision to pull this together because it now gives me the opportunity to speak to so many yes. people. And you're all like, happy about that, Lyle? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is like no, a yeah, sure. a dream come true for sure. Cool. Well, I I would love to think that in most com- eventually in most communities around Australia they would have access to a Faith FM yes. radio station. Yes, and that is our goal. That Great. is our goal. And by God's grace, we will get there. Yes, yeah. excellent. Okay, so let me back up a little bit. You guys are a, uh, a ministry couple, and uh, back in the past, Robin, we did some classes together. We did, um, studying Lyle, theology did some study. together. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Or we tried to do study <laughs> and, and, and succeeded. <laughs> we tried and succeeded, sometimes more effectively than others. That's fine. But we had some good discussions. The journey is the important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. It was. That's the good thing about exploring God is that it's a journey. You know, and it's one of the things that I, I actually enjoyed about those classes, I think the most, was some of the robust discussions that we were able to have in class. I loved the honesty, actually. Yeah. And that, yep. to me, in terms of pursuing God is important. Yes. You know, the honesty. Yes. Let's yes. let's struggle with this. Let's let's work with this until we can get an understanding of who God is yeah, absolutely. and how he operates and the principles of his kingdom. And it was great to be in a class full of people who were in ministry and, you know, they weren't necessarily learning things for the first time, yes. but, you know, really building on what they already had. It was wonderful. I enjoyed the camaraderie of our class because many people had work, walked with Jesus for so many years and we could bounce off each other and grow our trust in God. Consequently, it was really rich for me. Yeah. I really loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how, did, how did the two of you end up in ministry together? Let's go, let's go back to the beginning. How That's did that all start? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I should I should mention to our listeners that um, Chester and Robin Stanley are uh, um, uh, how should I describe it? Ministering now in their retirement would that be correct? Yes. True. Yeah, yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be continuing to open to what God wants us to do. I, sh- I should absolutely. say this, Chester. You look slightly less stressed than. Um, Oh, Typically, and some of our <laughs> some of our interaction in the past when you had the, yeah, okay. the weight of the church in Australia because you were in charge of uh, um, you and your executive and, and 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 team down there were in charge of the church Australia wide yes. there for many yeah, years. Yeah, that's right. So. It was our responsibility. Yeah, to care for the church across Australia nationally, and um, yeah. So I typically wore um, 
those things called ties. I'm not sure <laughs> what use they are, but um, yeah, re- we're, part we're of relaxed. a social requirement, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> Sooner or later, they will be gone. I'm sure, and that's no the one case. will, no one will mourn their passing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great thing about radio; you don't have to wear a tie. No, ever. true. <laughs> yeah. That's right. uh, yeah. So, where did this journey start? In terms of my ministry, the um, I, I guess my father was an Adventist pastor. Mm-hmm. He was an evangelist in particular, and. Um, we lived in many places across Australia because of his um, talent and ability in terms of, you know, preaching to groups of people about the Bible, about God, and uh, about the evidences for the existence of God, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was my background. I come from a pastoral family background. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is heading for 98. Um, in his 90s, he was still preaching. Oh, wow. He travelled to Mongolia, ran programs for people, you know, talked every night for two and three weeks, uh, Moldova, Norway, uh, you know, while he was in this, his 90s. Okay, this is in his retirement, in his 90s. In his 90s. In his 90s. Oh, 91, 92, yeah, 93. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. give up working and for God. Yeah. What's that? Never give up working for God, No, do you? exactly. Nice. So anyway, that's, that's my background. And I guess Lyle... Uh, from just just a young boy, I really had all I wanted to be was to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that was really uh, there'd be no change in that. Um, I, yeah, I suppose occasionally you thought of other things, but no, I that was I, your calling. That that's what I really felt I wanted to do, and that mm-hmm. you know I hope that God could use me in that respect. So 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 where does where does this young lady come into the picture? Well, that, that's Robin, I should say. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> I love the young I, Lyle. Go. <laughs> You're always young. I, yeah, I, I'm happy to share this story with you, and Robin can, she can, um, she can butt him Defend when she wants myself, to. I, think. <laughs> I, I was a young after finishing a study. I was called to North Queensland and worked in Mackay in my first and second second year in ministry. I was flatting with a young man, and he was also a young pastor and intern. Mm-hmm. We used to do our banking at the North Mackay Westpac branch. Okay. And anyway, um, uh, there were some nice people there, but there was this young lady that were, was always very pleasant and had a nice smile, and she looked cheery. And um, anyway, <laughs> I um, I'm not sure whether I should give you no. the nickname, but anyway, <laughs> we, let's be honest about it. We called her the bank job because we didn't know who she was. You okay, know. sure. And so anyway, we joke about who served you today. You know, was it the bank job that served you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, uh, this went on for some time. We we're involved in an outreach program with an evangelist as young fellows in the city of Mackay. And one day my flatmate came home and he said to me, guess who's coming to the program? And I said, I wouldn't have a clue who's coming to the program. He said, you, you know this person? And I, I didn't have any idea. Anyway, he said, the girl in the bank, she's coming to the program. Well, that was very interesting to me. <laughs> and um, he had this young, other young pastor, he'd started having Bible studies with with. Uh, Robert and her sister 
and uh, telling them about the truthfulness of God's word, etc., etc. And Robin continued to come to that program and eventually made a commitment to Christ and to be a follower of his. And it was sometime after that that we uh, got together and became friends. So, so, so you didn't get to study with uh, Robin? No, 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 okay. I didn't. This other fella, he had a leg in the door there before I did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, uh, may, but may the best man win, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> the other thing I should say, Lyle, is that my job at this program, you know, hundreds of people were coming to this sure, program. Sure. And my job was up the back of the stage. And it was a big, old, uh, very lovely old theatre complex. And there were these big curtains. And there were some little holes in the curtain. Because I was really wasn't convinced that my friend Francois was telling me, you know, the absolute truth about whether sure. this lady was coming to the program. So when I'd done my work, I would peer through this little hole and sure enough, there she was in the audience. Oh wow! <laughs> and eventually, she became my wife. So this is this is so this is the old school version of Facebook stalking. Well, something like that. Yes. <laughs> so what you did back in the day before Facebook yeah, was yeah, around? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So then story. we uh, we got married in uh, in New South Wales and have uh, been in ministry ever since. We worked in Papua New Guinea. 11 years and um, in Australia for some of that time. Some of the work's been in administration. Uh, Robin had a burden. She was involved in chaplaincy in a hospital, a big Adventist hospital in Sydney, uh, then um, organised and initiated chaplaincy service for aged care in Victoria and then was invited to go into ministry herself. And she can probably tell you, but for the last 10 years, she's been the associate pastor of a church of about 400 members in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And she does a good job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bit biased, but she does a good job. <laughs> the interesting thing, Lyle, is that um, I, I, I had a Christian upbringing, and sure. uh, that was confirmed when I went to this program. But um, our two sons are in ministry as well. So Chester's been a pastor all his life. Mm-hmm. I've done pastoral ministry, ministry specifically in the last 10 years, and our two, one son is in ministry, the other is studying to be a minister. So... <laughs> So We're it's a little just, bit ensconced. In yeah, you are. You are a uh, ministry church, family. Ministry so and, and yeah, yeah reaching people for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's just fantastic. Mm. Praise God, and 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 I, and I just love the passion that you both have for you know being able to share Jesus and 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 the promise of this in return and and you know his, his incredible sacrifice that he's done for us. It just, uh, it just really comes yeah. through. It's really just extending the love of Jesus, Lyle. You just yes. want people to know that Jesus saves, that He truly cares and values for people, and He has something for their future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if that's the one thing that you remember from today's radio program, then uh, do not forget that that Jesus loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to do all that he can for you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure.
It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got back up. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.